Yes, well, we come together this morning and we read in the beginning of our service this beautiful piece from Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. When we read that this morning, the little verse, the little piece that stands out is for his name. His name. I wonder if you've ever stopped to think, what is in your name? Why in all the world do you think God allowed your parents to call you by that particular name? Have you ever stopped to think? Well, names are interesting. Um, I have a son by the name of Malcolm. And uh, his name means servant of peace. And you know, he's a child that doesn't create. He's, he's interesting by nature to a large extent. He's peaceful. And, uh, well, what does the name do that? The name identifies you. The name qualifies your personality. The name qualifies you and the purpose for which you were born. You say, well, Jesus, I don't want that name. Anybody here Judas? They know Judas is here, are they? No, not today. Well, we remember this morning that usually the character of the person and the purpose of his life and his mission is wrapped up in his name your name is no mistake as it's given to you his name shall be called that's what we're looking at here this morning if we stop to look at christmas we have to look at the confusion that reigns today john MacArthur, in one of his messages mentioned this that i'm going to mention now and he says there's such confusion today that christians don't know exactly what it means to celebrate christmas there's such confusion in the world today that they think it's the biggest disco party that they could ever have. They don't know which way and, which and how to celebrate this wonderful event. They don't know how to celebrate His name. Amen. This morning when you and I look, we want to ask ourselves the same question. How does this speak to us as a people today? We're living in a time when the world is being... Um, Crushed almost, put under the pressure of this virus. Thousands and thousands of people are dying and losing their lives. And what kind of hope could Christmas bring to those who are afflicted and those who are dying this very day? Well, let me say to you, that answer lies in His name. Amen? That answer lies in His name. And beloved, this morning, if we could consider one or two of the names that are given at Christmas time... And I don't want to dampen the spirit of Christmas for some boys and girls. But just to say this carefully this morning. One is Santa Claus. Is Santa Claus visit your house? Well, let me remind you today that if, he not, if he's just an um, imagination, he's a, he's a fantasy of people's imagination. But he's definitely there in their minds. And everybody, even in the movies and the pictures on the TV, Santa Claus plays such an interesting part of everybody's thinking today. What's his name? Santa Claus. And you know, I've never heard Santa Claus say anything else but ho, ho, ho. <laughs> Have you? And he got such popular, such a popular uh, experiences with, with this, this Santa Claus. You come into the world and say ho, 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 and everybody loves you for all time. Is that right? 
Let me say this. A little boy the other day said, I've been good, so I'm hoping Santa Claus will bring me something nice. So what's it based on? If I've been good, I must get a present then. So, Santa, what does Santa Claus reveal? That I come to reward you. I come to reward you, that's right. What you do, for what you do and what you deserve. And Santa rewarded you today for what you've done. For your boys and girls, that might be the way we look at it. But you see, the tragedy is we get rewarded for what we do and what we've done. But let me remind you, there's another side to this picture and that's the reason that we're here this morning to celebrate. It's because of His name. The name that was prophesied so many, many years ago and has been fulfilled in that little manger at Bethlehem. And His name is Jesus. And He shall save His people from their sins. And when He came, He, meet, he met your deepest need and he gives you listen to it what you don't deserve God's love God's grace God's forgiveness God's mercy hallelujah so let me remind you today there's a tremendous dichotomy so how are we going to celebrate these two we celebrate because of what we get I have a God in my street he's a jovial Zimbabwean He's the most grateful person I've ever met. Especially when I give him money. My, he can dance up and down my stairs ten times a second. When he sees the money. But I must say this. He is grateful for whatever I give him. And he calls me all the most wonderful things in the world. So I don't mind if I'm feeling a bit down, I'll give him money and call him. I feel good by what he says about me. And let me say this this morning to you. Father Christmas may give you because you, you've been a good person. I hope that's not the case. I hope it's because Jesus Christ is acknowledged for the grace that He gives you and me. And oh, that which we didn't deserve, even though we're unworthy, He has come to give to us the gift of Himself. Amen? Amen. For many people, that's not a gift. For many people, it's a gift not many people really want. The gift of eternal life. Because his name is Jesus, he will save his people from their sins. And I wonder what we've done about the name of Jesus. True to our tradition here, we have sung to the glory of God. True to our tradition here, we've lifted our voices in spirit and we've rejoiced in the Son of God, our Savior and our Lord, the Lord Jesus. When Isaiah penned these words... Israel had been conquered, the ten tribes. Judah had been flattened. And they'd been taken to Babylon. The children of Israel were coming back slowly but surely to Judah and being restored. And the Bible calls them the remnant. And so this message of hope to a people like that was going to be a tremendous message. Only if they understood the message. And the message of Christmas, if it's not understood... In Jesus Christ, it's just a carnival celebration. Amen. And I believe this morning, when you look at God's people, they would look at this promise. Because you see, God had promised since Abraham, 
and Isaac and Jacob and all the tribes of Israel. He promised them through prophecy, through Isaiah, Jeremiah, all those prophets, that a king would come, a Messiah would come to deliver them. The question is this this morning. Do you believe that you need deliverance? Do you believe that you need to be set free from oppression? You don't? You don't really believe that? You'd be shouting out, yes I do Lord. Because I need a promise of hope in this time of difficulty. You see, Isaiah says in this chapter that when the child is born, whose name we're going to consider this morning, he will bring light into those who are in darkness. And I, my friend, when you're in spiritual darkness and you can't see the truth, you can't understand it, and it has no meaning for you, then let me tell you something, you need the light of God's revelation. Amen. Amen. Secondly is this, he would establish his kingdom. We have to identify that Isaiah is speaking about a ruler who's going to come. This child, this son who's going to be born, his name is, is very important, but he's going to be a king. He's going to be a king. Do you realize that we, we, we pay homage and worship to a king at that time? Their Messiah, their deliverer would come. Now let me put it into perspective. That was 700 years before Jesus came. And when he came, only a few people recognized him. Only a very few people realized what God was actually doing. Oh, my friend, if there's anything else in the world today, I want to be in on what God is doing. Don't you? I want to see and understand what God's purpose for this world is. And at that time when he shared this, he was talking about this king who would come to reign. So a king has a throne. A king has authority. A king is a ruler over all. And what kind of ruler would this be? He would be the ruler who will come eventually, not after his first coming, but after his second coming. He'd come to rule this world in what we're going to look forward to now in the millennium. The thousand years of peace when the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is going to reign for all eternity. It's the same King Jesus. Amen? Amen. So here this morning, we're putting that together and realizing that this child is firstly the child who's going to be born that speaks of his humanity there's no time this morning to go into the incarnation when Jesus Christ becomes man did he lose his divinity no he's still fully God and fully man can I explain it to you no I can't explain it to you because that's the mystery of God in Christ Jesus I put it this way to you the other day this is when God becomes Jesus. Does he lose his divinity? No. The Bible tells us clearly. You see, especially in, uh, in Philippians chapter 2, if you look there with me, and uh, we're going to go to verse 6, it says, Let this mind be in you which was in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider robbery to be equal with God. Being. Jesus Christ is, is part of the being of God. He is God. In nature. Therefore, he can't lose his nature if he becomes a human baby. Amen? He takes on a human nature and he is a divine nature. How is that possible? It's the Imago Dei. 
It's the wonderful image of God. It's the glory of God that we don't see that is in Christ Jesus. But, but we should see. And so the next thing he says here in this being is in the form of God. In Jesus Christ is everything that God is. And you will wonder or to read the New Testament. He healed the sick. He raised the dead. He died. He rose. He lived. He ascended. And all that he promised is coming to fulfillment. Hallelujah. You see, this is the one that we're speaking about this morning. In his humanity. Not only in form, but he came as a servant. And as a servant, what did he do? The Bible teaches us clearly that this Christ child is the Son of God. Therefore, he is deity. He is to be worshipped. You may not worship anything or anyone other than the true and the living God. And so we notice here this morning, he comes not only in form, he not only comes equally and as a being, but he comes as a servant. He comes to relate himself to us and to live and to serve us the wonderful gift of salvation. Beloved, let me say this this morning, that the wonderful work that we're going to look now at what God did in Christ is this. For unto us a child is born, that's his humanity. Unto us a son is given, that's his divinity. And the government will be upon his shoulders. In other words, in that day when he reigns and rules the millennium, that government will be upon him. He will be the ruler and sovereign of the whole universe as he is today, but not in his seat at the moment. And his name shall be called Wonderful. This child in his humanity and in its deity must be called Wonderful. What is he? Wonderful. What is he? Wonderful. He's wonderful. Have you ever seen another God-man? Never. This is the wonder of God. So what do you do with it? The word wonder comes very interestingly across. It's the word remarkable. Amazing. You use that word without thinking, don't you? But you do realize this morning, if it's remarkable and it's amazing, sometimes it's inexplainable. How do I express it? Out of the emotion that I have sometimes, even not with words, but maybe just with, with the sounds, I try to express my feeling to God. Wonderful. This child is wonderful. He's remarkable. And you see, how do I know this? Because the Magi, the Magi, those men from the east, they came from the Babylon area. We don't know how many came, but when they came, what did they come to do? I believe that they were men who'd been taught the word of God. I believe that during the Babylonian captivity, men like Daniel got involved with the Magi and became Magi, wise men. What did they do? Men who had wisdom in the things of God and taught the things of God. And these wise men see a star in the east. They see the fulfillment of scripture. The time is at hand. And what did they do? They come and they spend their time to search out the Christ child. And in doing so, when they get there eventually, guess about two years after Jesus is, is born and raised so on, he's, he's there still. And what do they do? They worship him. This wonder child, this human baby, this divine son of God, they bow and worship him and then give him gifts. 
fit for a king. They crown him the king of glory. Hallelujah. My brothers and sisters, if the Magi did that, that true worship, how does true worship come? True worship comes out of a true knowledge of God. Why is our worship empty or boring? Or the songs don't sound the way I'd like them to? Let me tell you something. It's got nothing to do with the true worship of your heart. Your worship and mine comes out of a true knowledge of who God is. This wonder child. I think back of Boris Becker. He was that young tennis player at the Wimbledon champion, some, Championship so many times. And Boris Becker was, is a German boy. He was called Wunderkind. The wonderful, the wonder child. Because at such a young age, he won the title over and over again. Let me remind you today, God's wonder child is the Son of God. Hallelujah. And brothers and sisters, if this child is wonderful, the Bible says in verse 6, that he is a counsellor. He's a wonderful counsellor. What does that mean? It just simply means this, that... In his wisdom, he's going to reign in righteousness and truth. Now, this world is not reigned or ruled in righteousness and truth. It's corruption, evil, and wickedness. But there's coming a day when this wonder child is going to reign as a mighty counselor in all divine wisdom and divine truth. There'll be no more corruption on the face of this earth in that millennium. Hallelujah. My brothers and sisters, I remind you, if God comes in wisdom, then that's the ability to apply the truth to everybody's life as He rules and sovereignly takes control of this universe again. He rules in truth that the world might consider the wonderful transformation, the difference that truth makes when you practice it. Don't sit in church and say, I have enough truth to go to heaven. No, you have truth so that you can be wise. Apply the truth to your life. And when you do that, you experience God in all his greatness. Amen. Amen. The wonder child then is the mighty counselor. You see, Christ will live and reign in righteousness. Secondly is this. The Christ child, this love child, this glorious child of God is the mighty God. You've read it with me there in verse 6. He's the mighty God. What does that mean? If you go back to Genesis, you will find there that God speaks to Abraham and he says, I am the Lord, the almighty God. Same story here. I am the almighty God. I am the El. God, I am the Almighty. There's none beside me, none beneath me. I am He. Amen. So, brothers and sisters, in saying that this morning, if God is eternal, then He is omnipotent. That means He is all powerful. And you stop to think that in that bay, in, in Jesus Christ, there is all of, the, of God's divine wisdom, all of God's righteousness, all of God's truth, all of God's omnipotence. That means all of his divine power is given to Jesus Christ to reign one day. Hallelujah. Why? Because he is almighty God in the flesh. 
We understand this morning that He is eternal. And what is the evidence when He was on earth that He was mighty, omnipotent? Well, in His omnipotence, what did He do? The Bible teaches us clearly that Jesus Christ turned water into wine. You say, oh, that's marvelous. We could all drink again. No, 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 listen. What does it mean? He changed it from one state into another. That transformation only God can do. That transformation only God can do. And I say to you, he died and he rose again. Only God can do that. And then my brother and sister, he said, I will ascend into heaven to my father. He left this world and ascended into the glory of God. Only God can do that. And finally, he said, I'll come again. Only God can break the clouds in the form of Jesus Christ and return and be the sovereign King of kings and Lord of lords. Amen. Oh, my friends, I'm looking forward to this wonder child. I rejoice in the wonder child. I rejoice in the counselor, the mighty God. The everlasting father is a little confusing, but the Hebrew translation say the commentators, and if you look at the Hebrew word, means the everlasting originator. What does the originator mean? It means the, the one who created us from the beginning as we are. Created all things. And Jesus Christ is the father of all creation. He is the father of eternity. And beloved, when we look at him, we realize that if Satan was the father of lies, he originated lies. He originated evil. But Jesus Christ is the originator of what? Of truth and love. He's the originator of life. Hallelujah. And that's why he is wonderful. Amen. Amen. Blessed be the Lord this morning. As we look at his word and consider the truth. If you want anything eternal to happen in your life. You must look to Jesus Christ. You want eternal life? It's only he who has offered eternal life. I've come that you might have life. And that you might have it more abundantly. And that word life means zoe ionios. I've come that you might have life eternal. Nobody else offers that. Nobody else has the status to offer that. Nobody else has the form and the equality to offer eternal life. Only Jesus offers eternal life to you and me on this Gloria. And so he remains in my thinking and in this prophecy. Wonderful. Absolutely amazing and remarkable. And then you see... He is the sustainer of creation. How do you think the world functions? We have motor cars and they give in, don't they? Buy a brand new car and it cuts out on you. <laughs> Who sustains it? The clinic or the, 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 the motor shop? But you come around here today and you look at the world. If anything, if there was a glitch as we call it in the world today, there's never a glitch in the universe. This world functions perfectly. Why? Because Jesus Christ, the, the mighty Father of glory, the originator, is in control of every little detail. It functions according to His will and to His plan. How wonderful is that? Amen. And then finally, this child is the Prince of Peace. The mighty God, the everlasting Father, He's the Prince of Peace. Wow. The Prince of Heaven comes down, leaves His glory behind, takes on the form of a human being, and lives amongst us. 
Psalm 24 says, Who is this King of glory? Who is this Prince? He's the Lord. High and lifted up. He's the Lord of glory. Is He not wonderful? Yes. Beloved, this morning, when I look at that which He came to do, He was born to die. He was born with the cross in view. And there through His blood shed on that cross, that divine blood of Jesus, He would die on that cross. And He would buy peace for every man and every woman who believed on Him. Amen. What does the world desire today? Peace. Peace, peace, but there is no peace. Man doesn't have the possession of peace. Oh, I know if all your bills were paid this morning and your turkey was brought to your door and your lunch was put on the table and said, enjoy yourself, what would you say? Whoo, that's peace. Let me remind you this morning. It's not peace of possessions. It's the peace of heart that Christ brings. And only when Jesus died on that cross did He pay the price to remove that which causes turmoil, confusion. What is that? It's the guilt and the shame of our sins. And Jesus died to give you peace. I say to you this morning, don't let the devil rob you once you've given your life to Christ. That you need to live under the burden of peace and be paying back the consequences. Oh no, my friend. He took the guilt and he took the shame. Hallelujah. You no longer live under that. You live with the peace of God. One of the greatest evidences of salvation is the peace of God in your life. Is not prosperity. But the greatest prosperity you can have is that I'm at peace with God because He made peace with His precious blood. Amen. So this morning I invite you to look at that wonderful concept. His name is wonderful. It's wonderful because He gives me His peace. Don Richardson was a missionary who went to Indonesia many years ago. When he got there, the type of people that were with the Ya people, while he was there, he noticed once a year, they would take a newborn baby and they would sacrifice that baby in the marketplace. He was very disturbed. This beautiful, bouncy little boy or little girl would be sacrificed. And so he inquired of the, of the Yah people, why do you do that? No, they said, this is the peace child. The peace child. When we've sacrificed and given up our, that which we love the most to God, to our God, then He must bring peace amongst us and peace into our, into our land and peace upon all of us. Oh, how wrong we get it, don't we? We have to appease God. Through some sacrifice we can make. The same as you believe that Santa Claus will reward you. Somehow we think that that peace child is something I did to appease God. And he's no longer angry with me. But I want to tell you, there was only one peace child. As Don Richardson sat down and taught the people. And there was a great one. Who came with his son, Jesus Christ. And he died. He was the peace plan. Because he was the peace child. And he was given once for all, for always, forever, for peace of heart and mind 
and spirit. That you can be at peace with God. And they said to him, so where did the peace child die? And he said he died on a place called Calvary, on a cross. And they said, you've taught this to us. We need no longer sacrifice, no longer. If you would believe on him and receive him as your Lord and Savior, you would know his peace and never have to sacrifice a child again because this child is wonderful the mighty God the everlasting Father He is the Prince of all peace Amen I ask you this morning have you got His peace in your life today if you do you've got Christ as a personal possession in your life my friends it might be turmoil at home it might be turmoil in your own life but if you've got the peace of God it passes all understanding. It keeps your heart and your mind at peace with God through it all. Amen. Let's pray together, brothers. Father, on this Christmas day, your wonder child, in all his humanity, in all his divinity, your wonder child is the almighty living God. We exalt and say thank you this morning.